Orlando InfoPod, the podcast for all things Orlando. Do you love vacationing in the magical world of Orlando, Florida? Do you need information, news, laughter? Well, this is the podcast for you. We have news, views, and information that will help you have the best vacation ever. Available on eight platforms. Find us on Facebook for all the links. never lived. I created it. I made it with my own hands from the bodies I took from graves, from the gallows, anywhere. You can't keep running away. I don't believe in heaven. I believe in pain. I believe in fear. I believe in death. If this blown up, its cells will regenerate and multiply and it'll still be alive. Who is this irresistible creature who has an insatiable love for the dead? I'll let you in on a little secret. Happy <laughs> Good evening and welcome to episode five of the Orlando Info Pod on Tonight's episode, or today's episode, should I say, you're getting two for the price of one. We are looking forward to Halloween in Orlando. And so to start off with, you are going to hear a discussion about Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. Talking in that discussion, you'll have Gillian Newman, John Newman, Tim Tinsley, Paul Elwell, and myself, Peter Harper. And we're bringing you lots of ideas and tips and information on anything to do with Halloween Horror Nights. It's a really good discussion. I do hope you enjoy listening to it. Also, we have a second discussion, and this time it's by Kath and Bob Watson, and they're going to be telling you about Disney's Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, once again with loads of tips and information. So, this is the time of year you start, if you're going on holiday at that in October-ish, you, know, you need to do your homework on all the parks and the tickets and what's involved. So we're looking at it early this year so you can just check out what's involved, what you can do, what you can't do, where you can go, where you can't go, what's the fun bits and what's the scary bits. So also we'll have our resident weather forecaster for the next two weeks, that's Sue Sutherland, and she'll be bringing you some great weather reports. So, without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy two or three great recordings on this episode five of the Orlando Into Inf yeah, Info Pod, even. <laughs> I'm scared. Okay, enjoy. And good evening and welcome to the Orlando Info Pod, episode five. Yes, 
we are on to the fifth, sixth episode because we had a an extra one in between. So this is episode five of six. We are going to be talking about Halloween Horror Nights tonight, and we've got some people with us who have very experienced, slightly experienced, and a little bit experienced. Uh, two people we haven't had on the podcast before are Gillian and John Newman, and I'm going to go to each of them individually, and they can tell you a little bit about themselves. So we'll start with Gillian. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi guys, I'm Gillian. I'm uh, an Orlando fanatic like everybody else. I've been there probably, oh, I think 35, 36 times now. And for the past five years, gone for Halloween Horror Nights, which we fell in love with. Oh, excellent. John? Uh, yeah, uh, good evening. I'm John. Um, together with Gillian, we run the Eats and Treats page, but we're big horror buffs, uh, big on the Halloween Horror Nights. Um, I think I've been one or two more times than Gillian to Florida, but uh, who's counting? Gillian is. <laughs> well, true. Don't worry. Don't worry, I'll get my, my one then by myself without them, don't you worry. You'll catch up, won't oh. you, Gillian? <laughs> right, can I just point out that Gillian is an admin on the OIC page as well? John is an admin on Orlando Info Zone and It's Orlando Time. Also, we got Paul Elwell with us, who's also one of the head honchos on It's Orlando Time and is an admin on the Orlando Info Zone as well. He's waving his badge, but that doesn't work very well on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Tim Tinsley, an admin on the Orlando Info Zone as well. Say hi, Tim. Good evening there, Peter and all. Right, let's get straight on with it. I think the most experienced out of us all for the Halloween Horror Nights would be Mr. Newman and have Gillian and John, have you both been the same amount of times or has John been a little bit more? Both the same for Horror Nights. Ah, yeah. right. Oh, well, I'd say you were the two most experienced. What is Halloween Horror Nights, John? What is Halloween Horror You're Nights? You're going to have people who haven't got a clue about it. Where is it? What's it involved? So every Halloween season, Universal Studios turns into an adult's playground. That, I think that sums it up. Uh, after dark, the adults come out to play. Uh, the, the first year we, we were nothing rude. The first year we went round it, we came out the first night and said, that is, you know, that turns the, the kids' playground into the adults' domain. It's just, it's amazing. The streets are filled with actors chasing you with chainsaws, clowns coming after you, people with meat cleavers. You know, we've had uh, whole areas of the streets turned into purge zones. Mm -hmm. So people coming after you, trying to kill you and all the rest of it. All in fun. It's like being admin on IOT, that is. Well, <laughs> <laughs> depends who's in the chat hall, right? <laughs> um, so the, the, the basic premise of it is that they, they build these scare houses, which can be licensed from films, movies, TV shows that we all know and love. Um, many years they had The Walking Dead, which is now gone by the, the wayside. Uh, the hot shame, ticket last year was... Favorite. Yeah, we missed a few. Uh, I think we missed a few that were duds mm -hmm. from what the fans were saying. 
it got a bit tired. And then Universal listened to the, the fan feedback and said, right, this will be the last year of it. We'll pull all the stops out. And actually, it was a really good house. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was all the seasons mixed into one. Mm. So you think, I mean, Universal are a film company. It's film quality sets, film quality makeup, costumes. You know, you feel like you're in this in this show, you know. Yeah. Who out of Gillian and John is the most scared? <laughs> <laughs> Who cries the most? Who has it, John? Out of us two? No, no, no we're either. all right. Yeah. I've experienced both of them, and I think John is worse than Gillian. Yeah, he definitely is. I thought it would be, actually. <laughs> well, until Paul started coming with us, I used to get all the scares. <laughs> so it didn't matter if Gillian was in front or Gillian was behind. I'd get all the actors popping out. Yeah. And then Paul came along, and they seemed to love him. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> Tim, you've been recently as That's well. He cries yes. like a girl. <laughs> <laughs> he runs like one as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was saying, you've been recently, haven't you, Tim? Yeah, we've been for the last two years yeah. and have booked this year as well. So we're not quite as many uh, as John, Gillian or, or Paul, I don't think. Um, it took me a good few years to persuade the wife to go because she thought it would be scary. And the reality is, it's not scary. It's more fun, I think, than scary. If, Try if telling that to my to... wife. Yeah, if you go into it wanting to be scared and stuff like that, then 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 you can, you might need a nappy uh, or a diaper kind of thing. But uh, it's actually more fun watching other people panic and yeah. get scared and everything. And then when you realise that the actors can't actually touch you, and they're not real chainsaws, um, are they? Oh, I don't believe so. <laughs> Still got both my limbs. Um, so yeah, we we go for the fun and for the people watching and yeah, so we 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 actually really enjoy it from a fun point of view. I must admit, it's my wife's Christine. It's her favourite thing, whole thing in Orlando. If she could just go to Orlando and stay at Halloween Horror Nights, she'd do it. Not because she's brave, because when we're going through the houses, I laugh non-stop, and then when I get to the other end, I try and get the circulation going back in my arms. <laughs> because she screams and squeezes the life out of my arms and then she gets out the other end and goes that was great <laughs> she absolutely loves it but she howls like a banshee right talking of howling like a banshee Paul mm. <laughs> well, how did you enjoy your first time at Halloween Horror Night well the first time for me was Halloween HHN 27 which was 2017 and I went with Tom uh, my son, um, and it was an eye opener. I can imagine. Was, I love Orlando and Florida, and I love all the things that goes on there. But this just took it to a completely new level. Yeah, it's just um, it just blew everything else away. As John said, it is film quality uh, yeah. sets and so. makeup and everything. And and when I went with Tom, I think we did three or four nights. Uh, and some of the times I was messaging Mr. Newman, and he has still got evidence, but that can't be shared. <laughs> uh, maybe then, for a small fee. Maybe for a small fee. And then last year, 
uh, Tom and I went again and had the pleasure of spending the week with John and Gillian. And we spent quite a few nights there. I think every night we spent together. Uh, yes. And we were joined by Andy and Sam and Charlotte Wilkes. And oh, it, it is an amazing experience. The first, the first time we went, we were spoilt by the weather. There was some poor weather in the September. Um, there was some terrible rain for the two nights or two of the nights we were there. But when John and uh, when I went last year with John and Gillian, it was extremely hot, extremely warm. Um, uh, but the weather was fantastic. The houses are just amazing. Some some are better than others. Um, some play trickery on your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the, the big one last year and, and will be this year with Stranger Things, which I was I found a little bit disappointing. Um, and I thought it was a lot of hype, a lot of hype. Do you agree with that, Tim? Yeah, I thought the Poltergeist was the better. Yes. And, and, yeah. and the one, the gardeny one, I thought was really quite good as well. Yeah. The cemetery one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, John briefly touched on it. I, I'm quite lucky that we were going in as a three or a four with Andy there or something. And if I went first, second or third, oh, oh with Tom or fourth, it was me who got the scares. And it was always me that got the scares. I mean, one house John went through and it was like a walk in the park. He didn't get anything. I remember him saying, yeah. and I went, what do you mean, John? <laughs> and I've been chased out the house by a bear. I've been high-fived by an angel uh, with an evil angel with wings. Um, and and I've called them names that you shouldn't really call them, but it is. It <laughs> is. And I'm looking for this year slightly different because Joe's coming with us. Um, and unfortunately, we miss John and Gillian, uh, so we won't be there with them. But they'll have already been, so they're going to give me the lowdown on where to go and where not to go, and I'm going to drag Joe around, and she will... Um, I'm not going to drag her in the houses if she doesn't want to go in the houses, because I know it's quite intense. But then you can walk through and not get anything, but it is intense. But I'm sure after a cocktail or two, or with, or if Sam's with them, uh, I'm sure that they'll pl- pl- pluck up courage to go. But it is an amazing event, Peter. It is. Like, like you, you know, Christine said your wife said... It is the best thing. It is. Oh, oh yeah, she just a, adores it. A wonderful experience think, and brilliant. Yes, I think, Paul, you just said a, an important thing though about cocktails. Uh, it's there is it is adult and there is a reasonable amount of drinking uh, yes. that goes on there. Yeah. So it's a little bit different in that respect compared to pretty well any other event. Yeah, it's not excessive, and the the staff are very good at making sure that people don't have too much to drink mm. but you will see people walking around with bottles of beer yeah uh, etc one it thing can get to remember as well it can yeah. get rowdy tim i mean i've seen it at epcot i don't personally like it at epcot when you people try and drink around the world and you get young people drinking there but it's the same at halloween horror nights the, the idea is you, they get people there they must make a lot of money off drink uh, oh, okay. and food there and, and people do drink. And, and I think if you hit it early, um, I didn't stop as long as John and Gillian did, but I was leaving at sort of 10, 11 o'clock at night. I should think as it gets a bit later, there's a few uh, sore heads in the morning. Yeah, I don't... Um, There is 
one thing that I need to remind people of, and that's that the age restriction is rigid for drinking. Yes. The yeah. park during Halloween Horror Nights is swarming with police, mainly undercover. And as my son found out to his detriment, you can't take a quick swig out of your mum's bottle without being seen. And he was arrested immediately. And so was his mother, because <laughs> it was her bottle. And they were taken to a compound where there was about 500 other people who'd been arrested. He was 18, and he thought he should be able to drink. And as we all know, you can't in America, and they are so strict on it. And if they get any inkling that somebody underage is touching alcohol, even if they're not drinking it, you will get pulled aside. And for that little sip that he took out of his mother's bottle, he got a 12-month ban, and so did she from Universal. So that's how strict they are. That's a great point, that is, Peter. A very good point. The park is rammed, you think. Nobody's going to see me. There's thousands of people around me. How are they going to spot me? They do because there's thousands of police in the park, because they know everyone's going to do that. But that's the serious side out the way. I'm going <laughs> to fire a couple of questions now that we've had sent to us. And I'm going to fire the first one to Gillian. Uh-huh. What is a holding pen? So, if you have a daytime ticket for Universal... The holding pen is absolutely amazing. So when it gets to about four o'clock, they shut off an area at Finnegan's and they also shut off, shut off an area around at Simpsons. And if you've got a day ticket and a night ticket, you can then go into that pen. Then when they empty the park out, you stay in the pen. They get every, every, all the normal goers, the daytime goers out of the park. Then you get half an hour extra to go to some of the houses before they open the gates for all the evening people to come in. So, like, for John and I, we'll start, we'll do, like, Finnegan's and we'll do the first three houses. And we've done three houses before the park's even open, which means you've, where, you know, the first three houses are busy, you're on to the backside of the of the park then, getting them done before that side gets busy as well. So we managed, and one night we managed to get every house done one night, one year, because just how we had timed it was perfect. So it's yeah. definitely worth doing. If you work it just right, you can do it with, yeah. by using the whole yeah. pens. Yeah, they are really good. I, I think we've all used them, haven't we? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's something that you need to do. It's worth the wait in the holding pen. But it, it's one of those things. I mean, the first year we did it, we had no clue. We we just bought the ticket, went in, and went, wow, okay, it's busy. But we got a lot done. Yeah. First couple of nights we were there. And then we cottoned on and thought, aha, this is the way to do it. And then, as Gillian said, we were getting four or five houses done. Before the main crowd came in, yeah. Yeah. Right, another question. Um, Tim, I think we've covered this really. Is it scary? No. Is it really scary? Not in my view, but I can see how it could be scary. And you do learn to do the the house conger, uh, where (laughs) you kind of more because it's dark and you can uh, whilst it's whilst it's a single route through the house. It can be a little bit disorientating and confusing. So yeah. you end up kind of either holding hands or hands on shoulder or whatever, doing, doing, the, uh, doing the conga through the house. Uh, and if you've got Paul Elwell, then that will just attract all the scares to him and, <laughs> and you're all right. So what my tip would be, have a Paul Elwell with you, either, <laughs> either as a real life or as a mannequin or a blow up doll, whatever. Oh, that's scary. 
Yeah, I think you should ask Paul that same question. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask Paul a question about the scare zone. The actual, not in the houses, the outside scare zones. Are you as scared there as you are in the houses? No, you're not. No, it's not so. Or should I say, were you the first time? Was I the first time? The first time I experienced it with Tom, I remember walking through the first one, which was outside Terminator 2, uh, which is now gone, and we walked around there, but it was raining, so a lot of the characters weren't out. And later on in that holiday, we did go, and there's there's characters on stilts and stuff, and they do walk alongside you, and they do, you know, you get an area where they've got chainsaws, and they come after you with chainsaws. And if, if you show... If you show a little bit of weakness, they expose it. Was I scared in the scare zones? No, I wasn't, I'll be honest. Uh, But it is as good as the houses. It is a very good, uh, lifelike... um, It's just a great experience. It's it's very good to sit on a bench and watch people. Tom and I did that. I think uh, it was one night we might have been waiting for John and Gillian that we're... uh, we just sat on the bench and we sat on the bench for about half an hour having a drink uh, and just watching people walk up and down the street and mm. you know and there's shows as well there's the, the, you got four scare zones am i right john four scare zones uh, five it doesn't it yeah yeah yeah, yeah there was five last year and yeah. dance shows and things like that um it's it is the scare zones are excellent yeah was it scared you... mm, 60% <laughs> if you're walking on the road, you're a target. If you're actually walking on the road, if you're on the pavement, you're less likely to get. Yeah, that's true. That's, less uh, likely, and, but not not and entirely. Not, it's not, you won't get. Yeah. But you're less likely to. If you if you're actually walking on the road, you're more likely to get chased. I was chased by a twenty stone baby with a pe- with a diaper on and a dummy in his mouth last time. Yeah, but John couldn't come <laughs> this year, could he? <laughs> <laughs> You sure, right. that was a Halloween Horror Night. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was an that admin pizza. Nice Birmingham, wasn't it? <laughs> that was too much just cheese to, on your pizza, though. Just to say as well about the scare zones is that it's worth noting that sometimes there's things going on and up the stairs in the houses, so to look up. Yeah. Mm. So you know, there's they had things going on for the purge zone last year. There was people getting murdered in windows and everything, so it made it really good if you're looking mm. up. Right. Next question. John, can you use regular rides while the horror nights are on? Yes, uh, quite a lot of the rides are open. Uh, yeah. Some of them have to close just because of the nature of, of where the scare houses are built. Mm-hmm. So certain queue areas for daytime attractions are, are used for nighttime queues. So yeah. likes of Shrek and that always, uh, Shrek's always closed because there's, there's a house behind Shrek. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of people realise that it's actually a double theatre in Shrek. So originally there was there was going to be two Shrek theatres, but the the second one behind it is just used for horror nights now. Uh-huh. So it's like an empty stage sort of thing. And also you've got an entrance through Minions area, queue line usually, yeah. depending on the layout of the houses behind it. So yeah, some of them are closed, but the like the Rip Ride Rocket. Rocket. Yeah, they're all the open. Mummy's always a good one. Yeah, yeah. Right, that answered that one pretty quickly. Right, next question. Can you use the express passes you get from staying at the premium hotels? Is a question we got. Um, no. 
I was going to say, I've got four shaking heads there. <laughs> no. It doesn't work well on a podcast. <laughs> no, that's a no, big no-no. That's, that's a unanimous no from everybody. <laughs> the only thing you can do, Pete, I mean, you can... They do an express pass. They're doing one this year. Uh, in fact, I've looked at it and I was speaking to John about it yesterday. Uh, they do an express pass that starts at $90 uh, f- per night. Uh, and that gets you to the front of the line of every house once. Now, that might sound a lot of money. But if you consider that when I went with the Newmans and Tom last year, we might do four to five houses a night. And yeah. before it gets a little bit, I don't want to wait 45 or an hour to go in a, in a house. So I think that represents pretty good value for money at $90. And if Mrs. E enjoys it, I might treat us for the, one of the last nights we go so we can do every house and just pay a little bit extra. Yeah, I think you're only going Sorry, Jillian. So, okay, if you're only going one night, I think Express Pass is the way to go. Definitely. Or to, definitely. Or to do an RIP tour. So, the RIP tour is amazing. I would recommend any, if you're only going for one night, I would recommend the RIP tour. But that's not $90, Gillian. No, 160 It's no. more than that. It's no. got to be more than No? no it was 160 last year. We haven't yeah, but that, this year. that's on top of your park admission as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. you could be and looking at 260 depend. upwards. It does depend which night you go. So yes. Saturday nights are more busy and they're also more expensive. So you're right, Gillian. If, you, if you're only going for one night, if you don't have a universal ticket anyway, and so you just want to get maximum done, then you really do need an express pass. Mm-hmm. If you're able to go for two or three nights and you can able to use the holding pens, you can probably save yourself that money, especially yeah. if you do it during the week rather than the, the Friday or Saturday nights. Yeah, Friday and Saturday is just... They are hard work. Some of the queues uh, can be up to two or three hours. Yeah. I, do think, I do think, though, that part of the fun is in the queues, talking to the people that you're with, coming out the rides, talking to the people with you. Did you see that? You know, watching people. So sometimes these tours and express passes, you miss that kind. Yeah. And you yeah. miss the interaction with the other guests. And I, I think that's quite important that, you, you know, it's good to experience that as well. We actually met a lot of people in the queues who became friends for a long time on the Internet because you've, you're in the queue for an hour or more sometimes. That's and right. You do, you do get chatting to people and you do, you make new friends. It's as simple yeah. as that because you are all got similar interests because you're all in the same queue for the same type of thing. That's right, Peter. It could be really a good thing to be in a queue. Right, let me have a look for another question. Uh, Another question we got was, is it in both parks or just one? Just one. Yeah. So just Universal Studios. Yeah, we know because we've been, but obviously for the podcast purposes, people don't know whether it's over the two parks or not. Has been, John, hasn't it? They tried it once. They have, yeah. Yeah, but it was just nonsense, so they didn't do it again. Um, the walk between the two parks you went backstage so you didn't have to come out so you were walking through you basically followed the Hogwarts train line to get between parks and the walk was just so long I was going to say I can imagine it would just be too much one or the other they they tried it in islands for two years I think but because Mm. of the theming you know Jurassic Park area you can't really do much you can't have clowns in Jurassic Park because it doesn't 
bit with the theming, so they were a bit restricted. I think that's why they've gone back to studios. I think it's constantly. It works better with just the one park anyway. Yeah. But it is for, for for newbies. It's worth noting it is the whole Universal Park. So if if you haven't got a ticket, you're not you're not able to stay in the park past half four five o'clock. Yeah. yeah. Islands of Adventure is opened as normal. Uh, so you can still go in there. You won't be able to ride the train be- between Harry Potter, uh, etc. So it does really lock off the park. Yeah. And it's also, if you happen to be over in California, they do a similar thing in in the Hollywood studios, the Universal Hollywood stu- uh, in California. All right. Well, I'll have to go there and give that a go. That's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Right, uh, we've had a question from Vicky Facer. Lovely Vicky says, what age would you recommend before going there? At 37, I'm still petrified since my visit as a teen and not being since. Would it be safe now, let alone for a child? <laughs> I'll let Paul answer that one. Uh, uh, personally, I, I, I'm going to be a bit of a prude here and I think it should be 18 and up. I know they say it's not suitable for anybody below 13 years old. And we've had lots of questions asked on uh, It's Orlando time about should I take my kids? And I, I, I don't think so. But there again, I took Tom and he was 16. So it is intense. Uh, but then kids watch horror films these days. I've never seen the horror films. That's That's another thing that's... You know, I don't. I've never seen The Shining. I've never seen some of these the Poltergeist. I haven't yeah. seen them. I'm just going on what people have told me. So, do I think? I think personally, sixteen and up, sixteen to seventeen and up. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I would agree with Paul. Um, my daughter was. She was the one that pushed us to go. She was sixteen the first time she went, and I kind of think, yeah, that was about the right age. Anything younger than that. I don't think it's. I, I think she would have found it too intense and too. She she couldn't. She wouldn't have necessarily been able to process that actually they're actors. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. I certainly wouldn't think a, a 10, 11, 12 year old. Uh, no, I, th- I think uh, that is too young. Yeah, fourteen and mature, fourteen, fifteen, possibly. I was going to say from about fourteen onwards, depending on their maturity and what type of things. If they watch horror films at home with the parents. They'd have more of a understanding, but just for a general, a general rule, I'd go with sixteen to and I think I think you'd also you also got to understand your kid, especially if there's any special needs there, etc. Yeah, um, you, that's what I'm saying. It's to do with maturity and their lifestyle yeah. and everything there are else. A lot of, there's a lot of videos, YouTube walkthroughs, and everything you can watch to give yourself a bit of a feel, but it's never the same. No, <laughs> some some of the houses are extremely intense. I mean, claustrophobic, loud noises, bangs, people jumping out at you. You know, yeah. dead exposure. Dead exposure was horrible. Dead, dead exposure exp- played with your mind. Yeah. So that that was a house last year that was almost entirely in the dark. So mm. all you saw was things where a strobe went off, and there's, there's a a chap standing in front of you, and then he's gone. Yeah. You know, did I just see that? Or was is that painted on the wall? Was that somebody there? And then you see his hand come out, and he's right. There is someone there. You know, it was a very clever house. Very intense, though. The right. first the Universal actually changed it after the first couple of weeks because people were getting ill in there. Yeah, they had 
paramedics at the end of the house for a couple of nights because yeah, people I were imagine it there. wouldn't be good for epilepsy. No, I mean, they, they, <laughs> that's they do something else you. to think of if you go into the there is a lot of flashing lights outside and in the houses. So if you do suffer with anything like epilepsy, you do have to take that into consideration. And smoke. So if you're asthmatic, yeah, uh, there's yeah. quite significant, quite be quite significant temperature changes and quite a lot of smoke and fog. Yeah, dry, dry ice. It's that smell that the dry smell, ice can get you. The smell of Halloween horror yeah. nights. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, I'm going to do a quick round of Gillian. Mm-hmm. Favorite ever house. Um, uh, oh, um, probably for me, it was Poltergeist. It was my favourite horror film growing up. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved it. And I was so excited about Poltergeist. And my first run through was terrible of it. I'll be honest. The first run through we did, I came out of there going, oh, that was terrible. That was awful. I was so disappointed. And then John's like, well, let's go back in. Went back yeah. in. Absolutely amazing. And just, it was probably... It really lived up to my expectations of it. Yeah, a lot of the time you go through the houses and you're that psyched over what's going to be in there and whatever, it doesn't hit you straight away. And you go back through and you see things that you didn't see the first time because you were looking for stuff the first time. Yeah. When you're not looking for it, that's when you notice a lot more. Uh, John, least favourite ever house? Oh, least favourite. Which has been the naffest house. <laughs> they tend to have what what you think would be like the comedy house every year. So um, you know it might be something like Ash versus the Evil Dead. Yeah, it, it's still very graphic and very you know full of horror, but it, it's kind of funny. And sometimes they work, and sometimes they're just naff. Um, the last two years they've teamed up with Blumhouse Films. So they've had a house that's got two or three Bloomhouse movies in it. So last year it was Happy Death Day and The Purge kind of combined into one house. The Happy Death Day part of it, the first part of the house, was absolute rubbish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've not seen the film, you know, I've never I think the idea it, of the film honest. is, it, it's, I don't know, the same person keeps getting killed over and over again in the film, or whatever, and ah, right. she experiences it in different ways or whatever. So it's like a never-ending dream. Yeah. And that's what the house was. So you were constantly walking through her school dormitory and the guy with a baby mask was jumping out, trying to kill you. And it was just, it was awful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think admit, I... One of the houses that I really enjoyed was, was the page the first year they put it on. Mm. Oh, that was amazing. And it, the theming outside, um, I do believe we just lost Tim. The theming outside was really good. They had the bus with everybody on top of it. And, yeah. Yeah, I did enjoy that very, very much. Oh, Tim's back. <laughs> uh, Paul, what are you looking forward to being next Halloween Horror Nights? What you've seen coming up, you must have seen or thought about. I'm looking forward to seeing Joe's face. I can imagine, yeah. <laughs> and And the reaction, and obviously when... You know, when we spend time with the world, it's always good to share. I'm not fussed about Stranger Things. Um, It's the reaction, I think, people's reactions and seeing it's the old people watching thing. And and it is good to share. It was good to share it with Tom. 
but it was even better to share it with the Newmans and and with people when your friends yeah. over there because yeah. it makes we had a great time. Let's say it was just a, a great experience. I'm hoping, and she will. I'm sure she will. Um, I think Joe will love it after the first. I think short after while. the initial yeah once initial, the ice is broken the toilet um, <laughs> moment, uh, I think she'll be fine. Yeah, Tim. Who are you going with this year into Halloween Horror Nights? Same as I always do. Wife and daughter. Um, the daughter loves or is into horror films. Wife and I, not so much. I did watch a few when I was young. So things like The Poltergeist, Gillian, I was really looking forward to that house. Uh, and I loved the detail. I thought you said when you were young. Wasn't it Hammer House then? <laughs> now, now. <laughs> I did have this conversation with the daughter because they remade Poltergeist, didn't they? Yes. And, and I think the original one, which actually had kind of less in it, was was more scary. It I, it, it left me cowering under the bed for oh, years. Like down. After Back in my it. day, yeah. <laughs> they made everything a lot better. Uh, that, they did. It left much your imagination, though. That's why it was better. That yeah. It's true, that, yeah. It's very true. Right, I think we've just about reached our time limit on this one. Can I just, uh, just a quick one, Peter? Just, just ticket prices, very quickly. Uh, yeah. Last night they released the multi-day tickets. Yeah. So the basic one, or for the first seventeen nights of HHN, is one hundred and ten dollars plus tax. Yeah. Uh, the next one is the f- <laughs> frequent beer. Frequent fear pass, which is every night except the Friday and Saturday. No, except that, Saturday. Except, was it? Yeah, it includes Friday. And there was one without Friday. But anyway, that one was $140 plus tax. And yeah. then there was the one for everything, which was $260 plus tax. Yeah. Uh, but if anybody is listening to this and an interesting going, if you check out Florida Ticks, They've got some really good deals come online today for a multi-day ticket, a really good deal for about £112. It will get you the every day by the Saturday, which is an amazing price. And it's actually cheaper. When you work it out, it's slightly cheaper than it is online. Yeah. And, of course, there are other ticket sellers. There are. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Like Attraction, Tickets Direct, etc., yeah. Yeah, I'm sure everybody will have their own offers, but that's a good one to hear about. The floor it's very the good. One. And that just come online today. So, yeah. But it's worth it's worth noting for, for next year, uh, for people that might be looking at next year, that Universal always release or always seem to release an initial ticket that gives you a two for one. Yeah. Um, that finished and that's yesterday. normally this, this year it ran up to yeah, the 6th of June. Yeah. And that's the one we go for because that's, it was about $80. For two nights, it doesn't include the Saturday night, but that works for us anyway. So mm. that we find is our cheapest way of doing it. Yeah, but you do need to be on the ball uh, to get it because you need to get it basically before June. Yeah, and an, another point to make is always pre-buy your tickets before yes. the holiday. Yeah. Do not leave it to go to the park, otherwise you will pay a heck of a lot more, and Correct. I mean a heck of a lot more for your tickets and, and you waste will... and waste an hour. That's yeah, and say, waste yeah. an hour, yeah, of course. The queue outside the gates waiting to get in, if you're not already in there, yeah. if you come out of the holding pen and look to your left where the gates are, it's a sea of people all it's pressed against those gates yeah. waiting to come in. 
It's, Sorry, uh, just before we finish, just because you're talking about gates, Dave, they actually do do an opening show when they're opening the gates. So if you're always in the pen, you miss it. Ah, so it's actually worse. worse I've never, I never knew that because yeah, I've always been in the pe- holding pen. I've never been at John the... and I went to meet Sam and Andy one night, so we were late going in. So we had to, we were like right, right at the front right now. But yeah. there was a whole big show happened as they opened the, oh, the gates right. to come in. Well, I never knew that. See, yep. you learn something new every day. <laughs> but the main thing is, do your homework before, way before the time. Make sure you get the ticket prices and offers that are available. Find out the tips like holding pens. Plenty of YouTube videos. Plenty of Orlando groups to check. Like, of course, it's Orlando Time, Orlando Info Zone, and many, many more. As, as I always say, this podcast isn't for any particular Orlando group. It is for anybody who's got a love of Orlando. So don't think we're taking it to directing you to any particular group. It's for Orlando lovers. So we might have people coming on from many different groups in the future. But if you need help, check out the Orlando groups. And on this occasion, because we have a lot of admin from It's Orlando Time and the Orlando Infozone, we're going to say check them first. (laughs) <laughs> of course <laughs> right I want to say a very big thank you to everybody who's taken part tonight it's been a lot of helpful information and tips for everybody I'm sure they'll appreciate it when they listen if you don't understand anything that's been said tonight we're all available at some stage in some of the groups that have been mentioned go and ask us or ask any of the admin on those groups they'll find out for you so for now I'm going to say thank you Gillian Newman Thank you, John Newman. Thank you, Paul Elwell. And thank you, Tim Tinsley, for another great discussion here on the Orlando InfoPod. Thank you, Peter. We look forward to seeing you or to having you listen to all our podcasts. So from me, Peter Harper, enjoy the rest of the show. Bye for now. everyone, it's Sue Sutherland here bringing you the weather for this week's um, Orlando Info podcast. Uh, we'll jump right in for Monday the 10th of June. <clears throat> and we've got 30 degrees, but it's going to feel like 36 degrees. We've got variable cloudiness, humidity and an afternoon shower or a possible thunderstorm around. 2.7 millimetres of rainfall due and 90 percent cloud cover. On Monday night we've got 23 degrees with a real feel of 27 degrees. It's going to be partly cloudy. We've got no rainfall and 70 percent cloud cover. On Tuesday the 11th of June we've got 31 degrees. It's going to feel like 38 degrees. Wow that's hot. We've got intervals of clouds and sun and a thunderstorm. 6.2 millimetres of rainfall and 68% cloud cover. At night, we've got 23 degrees with a real feel of 26 degrees. Partly cloudy, a shower and a thunderstorm around. 2.5 millimetres of rainfall and 62% cloud cover. On Wednesday the 12th of June, we've got 31 degrees with a real feel of 37 degrees. 
we've got some sun, then turning cloudy and humid and an afternoon thunderstorm. Six millimetres of rainfall and 83% cloud cover. At night, we've got 24 degrees with a real feel of 28 degrees and it's going to be partly cloudy. We've got zero millimetres of rainfall and 69% cloud cover. On Thursday the 13th of June, we've got 30 degrees with a real feel of 37 degrees, periods of clouds and sunshine and a couple of showers and a thunderstorm and it's going to be humid. 7.7 millimetres of rainfall and 69% cloud cover. At night, we've got 23 degrees with a real feel of 27 degrees. It's going to be partly cloudy, zero millimetres of rainfall and 71% cloud cover. And then on Friday the 14th of June, we've got 30 degrees with a real feel of 37 degrees. It's going to be mainly cloudy, a shower or a thunderstorm possible. Zero millimetres of rainfall with 92% cloud cover. We've got, sorry about that, we've got 23 degrees at night with a real feel of 25 degrees, partly to mostly cloudy. Zero millimetres of rainfall and 84% cloud cover. On Saturday the 15th of June, we have got 32 degrees with a real feel of 37 degrees, intervals of clouds and sunshine and a possible shower and thunderstorm possible. Zero millimetres of rainfall and 69% cloud cover. At night, we've got 21 degrees with a real feel of 22 degrees, patchy clouds, zero millimetres of rainfall, 74% cloud cover. On Sunday the 16th of June, we've got 30 degrees with a real feel of 36 degrees. We've got times of clouds and sun and a shower or thunderstorm possible. Zero millimetres of rainfall and 55% cloud cover. At night, we've got 22 degrees with a real feel of 24 degrees, partly cloudy, zero millimetres of rainfall and 86% cloud cover. And then on Monday the 17th of June, we've got 31 degrees. It's going to feel like 36 degrees. It's going to be mostly cloudy and a couple of showers and a thunderstorm in the afternoon. 6.6 millimetres of rainfall and 81% cloud cover. At night we've got 22 degrees with a real feel of 25 degrees. We've got partly cloudy, zero millimetres of rainfall and 41% cloud cover. On Tuesday the 18th of June we have 31 degrees which is going to feel like 35 degrees. Mostly cloudy, showers and thunderstorm. Wow, we've got 15.4 millimetres of rainfall. That's a lot of rainfall. And we've got cloud cover at 85%. At night, we've got 23 degrees. It's going to feel like 26 degrees. It's going to be partly cloudy. Zero millimetres of rainfall and 70% cloud cover. On Wednesday the 19th of June, we've got 31%. No, we don't. We've got 31 degrees. It's going to feel like 37 degrees. We've got sun and clouds and a thunderstorm in the afternoon. 11.1 millimetres of rainfall and 51% cloud cover. There's a lot of rain around, guys. 23 degrees at night with a real feel of 26 degrees, partly cloudy, zero millimetres of rainfall and 41% cloud cover.
on Thursday the 20th. We've got 32 degrees with a real feel of 37 degrees. Variable cloudness, cloudiness, sorry, a shower or a thunderstorm possible. Zero millimetres of rainfall and 58% cloud cover. At night, we've got 24 degrees with a real feel of 27 degrees. Partly cloudy, zero millimetres of rainfall and 71% cloud cover. On Friday the 21st of June, we have 32 degrees with a real feel of 39 degrees. Times of sun and clouds, a couple of showers and a thunderstorm in the afternoon. 5.6 millimetres of rainfall and 68% cloud cover. At night we've got 24 degrees with a real feel of 25 degrees. It's going to be overcast. We've got 0 millimetres of rainfall but 94% cloud cover. On Saturday the 22nd of June we've got 33 degrees but it's going to feel like 39 degrees. A morning shower or thunderstorm possible otherwise it's just going to be mostly cloudy. We've got zero millimetres of rainfall due, but 80% cloud cover. At night, we've got 25 degrees with a real feel of 27 degrees, zero millimetres of rainfall, and the cloud cover is at 29%. And last but not least, we've got Sunday the 23rd of June, which is 33 degrees with a real feel of 38 degrees, partial sunshine, a shower or a thunderstorm in the area in the afternoon. One millimetres of rainfall and the cloud cover is at 36%. And at night we've got 23 degrees with a real feel of 26 degrees. It's going to be mainly clear. You've got zero millimetres of rainfall and 15% cloud cover. So that's the lowest cloud cover. So hopefully you might see some stars that night, but that's going to be your only one, I'm afraid. But... It's still going to be lovely and warm and you're still going to be in our favourite place in the world. So enjoy if you're over there, guys. And I'll say goodbye and I'll catch you next time. I'm Sue and I love Mickey Mouse. everyone you've got Kath and Bob and we tonight we are your ghost hosts as we take you to Mickey's not so scary Halloween party <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you that are not as brave to head up to Universal for their horror nights um, Disney's is a much more friendly affair it's a much more Disney affair it is unsuitable for all the family so where is it held That'd be the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> and it starts this year on August the 16th. And it's on selected nights throughout uh, August, September, October and ends on November the 1st. Prices vary as well. The earlier you go, the cheaper it is. Starting at $79, rising up to over $130 on Halloween night as you'd expect. You can also book through Florida Ticks as well. And I know Jenny's in our group and she'd help you out with those tickets too. So, why go? Well, the, there seem to be a few different groups of people who go and love Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. Now, the f first ones I'm going to talk about, these are people who, this is their slice of Disney that they do in their vacation. They're 
they're not the people who get the 14 night tickets or the 21 night tickets or seven night tickets or whatever they just go for a taste of disney and they go for the not so scary halloween party it gets them into the magic kingdom the rides are quiet they get to do all the big rides that they want to do and they do it all for this kind of 79 dollar price which is cheaper than your standard day ticket anyway so there's a lot that like to go and just do it for their chance to do Disney as, as what they're doing. And the rides actually have a have a little twist to them. Some of them have a little more spooky magic on them as well. So that's one group of people. There's another group of people who go simply because they love Halloween. Um, they love trick-or-treating. They love going and they love getting bags and sacks full of candy and the whole experience of just it just being Halloween, that's what they go for. Then the third group of people are those that probably have got their tickets for the parks. They are doing the parks the rest of the time. They're doing lots of the rides the rest of the time. So what they're really going to the party for is the exclusive things that, the, that are at the party, which you don't get the rest of the time. So that's exclusive character meet and greets, the exclusive shows, the exclusive parade, fireworks and all the other little entertainments that are different from what you would experience at any other time and merchandise and merchandise and i gotta say we fall into that last category we do we're real character hunters actually i think it's charlie's interaction that really loves being with the characters so we really enjoy that you can get into the park early if you like bob said if you've got your ticket and then that does mean if there's specific characters that you would like to meet you can get into that queue a bit early so you're guaranteed of seeing them and then getting out and enjoying the rest of the party. And that's very much advised. Although the party only starts at seven, some of those queues will open at five. Yes. And some of the queues during the evening will be very long. So if you can get to the first characters, basically as soon as they open, you're going to get more to the ex- to more of the exclusive yeah. characters in the evening. You need a wristband and that's then shows who's eligible to be in the park. If you don't have a wristband, then you'll be encouraged to leave as soon as possible. As uh, so long as you're not actually in the shops, and then they'll <laughs> encourage you a little less than if you're uh, wandering around. And there are various points throughout the park. You don't have to leave the park to get your wristband. I picked mine up over by Mickey's Philar Magic when we went. Uh, we actually picked ours up by Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. So you can pick those up anytime throughout the park, and they'll start you off as well with a little bag for trick-or-treating. Yeah, they start with a little bag. Some people bring sacks, but mm. there we go. We didn't go for trick or treating, but there we go. So some of the characters for us, the big draw was the seven dwarves all together um, to get a picture. They don't sign, and it, the line moves fairly quickly. There was a photo pass photographer there as well, and they did take photographs for us on our devices too. And it was very much a case of get in, pose, get your photo taken, and get out. But it was a photo with all seven dwarfs together and you're not going to get that many places. No. The other rare one, of course, being Halloween, is Jack Skeleton and Sally. That was a two and a half hour queue. And when we went in 2017, Moana was there, whether and, she's there this year or not. And that was the first time you could meet Moana anywhere. So actually the queues for Moana got up to about four hours worth of queue. Um, there were people who, towards the end of the scheduled 
party were getting on the Moana queue and they weren't going home until three in the morning. <laughs> Even though it officially finishes at midnight, I think we left about half past one because we were having photographs on Main Street and things like that. Yeah. The other thing about the characters is lots of them meet together. I've counted there were over 50 characters listed and lots of them meet together, like Jasmine and Aladdin met together, Belle and the Beast met together, Alice and the Tweedles. So we, we had a great meet and greet with Tarzan, Jane and Turk all together. So there's some really good opportunities. There's also some of the villains out to meet, which you don't necessarily get the rest of the time there. Uh, so as Kath, Jafar. as Kath said, you got the Queen of Hearts, Jafar. There were a few... Uh, Villains like that, Lotso Bear mm-hmm. is another one that yeah. appears there. And then um, some other people really love meeting the Fab Five or the main characters that are there all the time. And they are in their Halloween costumes and they t- they can change from you to you. I know um, Stitch has been in his Elvis costume and um, Goofy's got like a Mad Hatter kind of outfit as well. So if you like meeting your characters and you like meeting unusual characters, it's definitely worth doing that for sure. But it's not just about the characters. Uh, there are other entertainments as well. And having mentioned the Fab Five are in their Halloween gear, another group that are in their Halloween gear are actually the Dapper Dans who come out as the Cadaver Dans. Yes, yeah. And they show um, a few times during the evening on Main Street and they, they do what they do during the day, but they just sing more Halloween-type songs and they're dressed. Their costumes are amazing and their face paints and everything else brilliant. Now, as well as doing the parade, uh, the characters last time, we also managed to time things so that we managed to do the show, the parade and the fireworks. You can get the whole lot in. Now, the parade is a Halloween exclusive parade. The last few years, it's been the Boo to You parade. But get there at least 15 minutes beforehand because you will see the headless horseman as he trots down the parade route. And if you miss him... You'll be sorry you did. Apparently, he used to gallop down the parade route, but uh, health and safety means that he now trots down the parade route. But Makes for a better photograph. M- yeah, even then, I think a couple of our photos were blurry. <laughs> we did get one. Yeah. The parade is twice nightly, so do, um, if you can, if you don't have little ones and you're okay to stay up, the second one, of course, will probably be a bit quieter. So I think there's one at quarter past nine and one at quarter past 11, but check your guide when you go. You get a a few floats, which are specific floats for the the Halloween parade. It's it's not them rolling out the other floats. just happen to do them on Halloween with different music. It is Halloween special floats. And some you won't see anywhere else. You have Ralph and Vanellope, for example, out. Pain and Panic are on. And then you've got a a whole villain float with uh, Chernobog, who is actually a statue. But you've got some of the villains on there, like Jafar, Maleficent and the Evil Queen. And also, as with the day parades, you get walking characters as well through the parade. So there's a lot going on. Um, My favourite bit, actually, is not the Disney characters. My favourite bit of the Boo to You parade, uh, there's there's two separate dancers. And the one of the gravedigger dancers who are holding the spades. That was with me as well. They they were brilliant. And they scrape them across the floor. And and sometimes you get sparks coming off as well. And they look absolutely... Oh, it's just brilliant, that bit. And then the second lot of dancers that come through in a little while later are all dressed in sort of their burial clothes, all white. And they look like the dancers from inside Haunted Mansion, sort of waltzing around. So, yeah. Yeah, those gravediggers, they were brilliant. I like those. 
but the the tune will get stuck in your ear so it's like it's a small world it will get absolutely do you yeah. and, <laughs> and on and on and we haven't been for a couple of years and i still have that stuck in my head so yeah. there we go the unusual characters that you get the villains walking as well you've got oogie boogie man and cruella the bowler hat guys out and dr facilier all in our parade as well so characters like bob said that you don't normally get to see in parades or meets and greets are they as well as the parade you've then got the show which is hocus pocus spelltacular and for those who grew up in the 80s and the Sanderson sisters and Hocus Pocus, it's going to be an absolute blast from the past that you will love. And not to give too much away, they will put a spell on you. <laughs> oh, yes. Again, two shows nightly. And the later you go, the less people are the, that are there. And if you can time it right that you're at the, at the last show, that is then followed by the fireworks. Is it? Okay. I believe so. Mm. I believe you would hang around after the show and the fireworks start soon afterwards. Okay, so the Sanderson sisters in the show, um, they come back to the mortal world for a Halloween party and they use their magic to bring Disney characters back to join in. They've got Shadow Man, Oogie Boogie, Maleficent, Hades. They have some music from some of the shows that accompany their own show and their own music. Um, but basically they all have a great party and send some fireworks into the air. But yeah, you'll love that too. And then... Well, the old fireworks were called Hallowishes with the ghost toast, and you used to have to stand halfway up Main Street to get the best view of them. You needed a 180-degree view. So, But this year, first time in 14 years, they're having brand-new fireworks show. So it's going to be state-of-the-art projection effects and lasers and lighting and fireworks, and it's going to come together to tell a not-so-scary story about how anything can happen on Halloween night. And the show will take guests along a trick-or-treating adventure with Mickey, Minnie, Donald and Goofy. And they're drawn into a mysterious haunted house. They'll go from one room of the house to the other where they encounter dancing skeletons, waltzing ghosts and a whole series of troublemaking Disney villains. And any of you who've seen the Happy Ever After nighttime show on in a... Magic Kingdom in the last few years can imagine how spectacular the projection shows can be. So. Yeah, they, they're going to have to actually pull something spectacular out of the bag because the Hallowishes fireworks show was pretty spectacular as it was. Lots of green and purple fireworks. And orange, and but it was, it was you the whole of your vision. They did tell us when we went to stand up by the hub yeah. because if you stand too close, you won't get the effect of the fireworks and you stand too far back and you won't see the projections on the castle, so... So that's basically what the uh, evening's all about. It's a good, fun evening. You're not going to uh, be frightened out of your... Uh, Suitable for all the family, and they'll love it. And just mention there are other fast pass, uh, not fast pass, photo pass, photo options around the park, which are exclusive for the party as well. Lo yeah. Lots of fun things going on. Yeah, you'll jam-pack your evening for sure, yeah. So, that's Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. We're off on August the 27th. Yes, uh, just to be aware, it does get busier the nearer to Halloween you get. And the very first one, of course. And the very first one is ridiculously busy. And from what we're aware, if you're going at the weekends on a Friday night, Saturday night, those nights are busier than midweek ones. So, if you're trying to get to a quiet one, you want to be fairly early in the season not the first one, and try to get a midweek one. Yeah. 
Which is what we've done. Which is what we've done. <laughs> so once we've been this year, we'll let you know what it's like. So thanks for listening in. It's bye from Kath. And bye from Bob. Well, we do hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Orlando Info Pod, and we hope it's helped you plan for Halloween in Orlando. If you've enjoyed the show, please tell your friends and anybody else who's got an interest in Orlando at all to come and have a listen. The more listeners we get, the better we feel, the more shows we can put on. So don't forget, you can join us on any of the Orlando groups. Tonight's groups that took part were the Orlando Info Zone and It's Orlando Time. Both can be found on Facebook. So please come along and join the fun. So from now, from now, for now, (laughs) I'm really going to have to get some new teeth. For now, from me, Peter Harper, I'm going to say good night, goodbye, good morning, good evening. Good afternoon, whatever time of day it is you're listening. Have a brilliant time, stay safe, and we'll see you for the next episode. Bye now.
Orlando InfoPod, the podcast for all things Orlando. Do you love vacationing in the magical world of Orlando, Florida? Do you need information, news, laughter? Well, this is the podcast for you. We have news, views, and information that will help you have the best vacation ever. Available on eight platforms. Find us on Facebook for all the links.